So, it's been like two months since we've actually had the chance to play. And we left off after finally meeting the person who hired us and started this whole thing. So that's what I gathered. Yeah. I got a cool new thing I haven't got to use yet either. (laughs) You guys were brought to this remote island chain on Dragonback. Which was fun. And just a little wild. I can't remember. Did we learn her name? No, it ended with her saying, friends, it is good to see you again. And I don't think in any of your previous things, she was always the queen. I don't think you guys ever got her name. No, we haven't. I have a note. Kingdom before king, the Moors, kingdom after king, Ilian after wife, Iliana. So at one point that was said out loud. Okay. I've got her name in my notes. I didn't make a notation of if you guys had ever heard it. So you, Ilyana is her name. So being raised military, would Rome know anything about her or have taught, been taught anything about her? No, this is ancient history. I mean, you're talking several centuries old since she's even been more than a rumor. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, so... Lots of shock, lots of what's going on. The three of you, Wal, Rame, and Artemis, and uh, of course our friend AD here, and Icky as well. God, how many people are here right now? I'm sorry, we've lost several. I'm looking at the tokens. He's here, but we're going to just move him. Kara won't be coming back for at least a long while. And totally good. I just, for me tracking this, for who's actually here, I just need to move those tokens away. What do you guys remember from last time we stopped before I just kind of jump into what happened? All right. So we were in a city to the north. Hold on. I got to look through my notes. (laughs) (laughs) You owe Icky money for boot battles. Very true. Yeah. Semifinals. I believe people were rooting for Dark Waters and Black Flag. Uh Uh-huh. So in the last session, one of the big things that happened was Ball and Icky finished the shield and then Victor decided, here, I'll test it, and got yeeted across the room. (laughs) And then the next morning, the wizards were very upset because there was a dragon in the dining hall. Yeah. And they immediately, there there was lots of shenanigans, they rushed us out of there. Segrin explained that the king knows where the benefactor is, so we're trying to get there before the king's men do. Right. You guys did see the airships circling on your way in. The dragons ducked low to kind of keep you guys under the radar there. And for those of you who are interested in the Colosseum battle, yeah, the winner of that was the Drowned Ones. Fuck yes. So, <laughs> so you owe Icky money. <laughs> yes, so when you guys meet back up with your dragon companions, you are owed a little bit of money from Seagrin. So we aren't going to do that until we get back. Correct. It was actually one of the things I did this weekend build up is I played out that battle to see who the winner would be. (laughs) And it was actually really, really close. So (laughs) I knew they'd pull through in the end. It all came down to the troll regeneration, actually. Makes sense. (laughs) Yes. I do remember that they didn't just fly low. They doubled back in a different direction after leaving the airships. Yeah. They were trying to not have to deal with the anti-magic cannon. Correct. 
they dove down quickly and then dove under the water after dropping us off so they could go pop up somewhere else and then come pick us up later, though I don't know exactly how they're going to know where to... They didn't go over how they would know. They just said they'd be able to come get you at a later time. Cool. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like I would have written that down, but it's been a minute. <laughs> no, it's dragon's magic. You don't need another explanation. Just dragon magic. You guys are on kind of a little inlet, if you remember, I doubt you remember, right here. I didn't remember until you pulled the map up, and I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why I have the map up. And there you were introduced for the first, well, for the first time since we've been playing to your benefactor. And has she spoken? All you guys got out of her was, it has been a long time, my friends. And that is where we wrapped. Bitch, I don't know you. You guys got your memories back, so you do recognize her. Ah. From... Artemis to remember her from the locket. You see her from the locket. You guys could never really see her face in your memories of her. It was always kind of shrouded. Think Gandalf with the light kind of blinding when they met him up in Fangorn Forest. Very much the same thing she did just to kind of hide who she really was. But you recognized her voice right away. It certainly has. And it's been an interesting few months. Indeed. Well, you're here now, and that's what's important. And she gestures, and you guys see that kind of in the distance, it looks like they're just doing, like, passing runs to either distract the airships or try to pull their attention away. There are just several shapes, more than the two you rode in on, flashing between this airship formation. Got a bunch of dragons running interference, or just magic things running interference. Pay no mind, just just the dragon friends. We must away. This is not a safe place for us to remain. And she walks up to what appears to be this weird little lagoon area and steps out and just hovers over the water. That's a nice trick. Wall will just walk straight through the water. Well, as you take your step out, you tentatively put a foot down and it feels like there is solid stone or No no, it's not tentatively. Just walking. <laughs> So you guys see Wall kaplunk onto the uh, stone with you. And Rumi's like, oh, that's rather unexpected. If it'll hold him, it'll hold us. <laughs> Artemis, go ahead and give me an Arcana check, sir. A moment. I'm much more hesitant to get into this water. <laughs> 23. You are fairly confident this is either an illusion or she has somehow solidified the air that you're standing on. Oh, so Wall's not even in the water? You guys are above it by about six inches. Oh. I imagine that's what the surprise is, that he's not in the water. I see, I see. I think Aroma is just, like, looking down at her feet, trying to figure out what's going on before she just shakes her head and looks forward, like, I haven't made a sense of half the stuff so far, I'm not going to now. Icky's pulled out like a, a small dagger and is like poking at the whatever they're standing on. There's not a whole lot of noise, but all of a sudden, uh, especially Icky because he's down kind of looking at it. Yeah, so I'm like at the very edge of where the ground stops here, just kind of poking at the air in front of it. Almost in a vertigo-inducing motion, you guys suddenly start to drop. <laughs> 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 and it's a fairly steady go. 
give me let's see wall because you're right there behind her yeah give me a perception check all right the first perception check i've made in the entire game without advantage wait why because it was my other shield that gave me advantage on it oh not great ten okay you don't notice anything uh, tell you what, we got AD sitting right next there, so let me pull up her sheet. I will give a quick roll as well. I was reaching back to grab Icky. Mm-hmm. She looked at it, and she... Is your staff glowing now? And she just kind of slowly nods. This is one of several control mechanisms to access our base. So... The area that I was touching and stabbing, does it start to move down as well? You were right on the edge of it? Kneeling down on the actual rocks, and then, like, I was poking at the air. No, no. So the platform is now going down, and you are not on it. <laughs> That's why I said I was reaching back to grab. <laughs> and I'm hanging there with a like, knife in hand, helplessly. Set him up on the shoulder. You guys ride not really a feeling of motion and that's why that vertigo feeling kind of persists but you are obviously moving as you get lower it appears that there's water all around you but nothing is touching you this is unusual wonders never cease I thought I'd seen it all apparently not this is some advanced sorcery she smiles and kind of shakes her head not a direct response to you but you, you can tell she's amused by that response Wall will just shrug because it didn't matter anyway. She doesn't seem to be very forthcoming with what's going on. She's just trying to do whatever it is she's trying to do. After about 30 seconds, the motion, as far as you can tell, kind of stops. And everyone is able to notice that at that point, she actually leans her staff forward, almost like a lever. Is her back to me? Yes. I'll hold Icky up so that he can see over her shoulder to see what she's doing. Artemis, go ahead and give me a perception check. Sure. A 12. So it's not great, but you can tell there are definite glyphs or runes on her staff that seem to be activating and allowing her to do whatever this is. Fascinating. Simply fascinating. I'm like waving my arms around in the air, like trying to touch the water. (laughs) (laughs) Rubbish just watching, eyes wide. Just last thing she ever expected to be experiencing. Icky, give me a perception check. Oh. 14's pretty low. You notice with your extra height, we'll back this up just a little bit. Before she could shift her staff forward, she did seem to rotate it, and it looked like her fingers moved to different positions on the head of the staff. You're not an artificer in this one, are you? I am. Are you? Go ahead and give me a tinker check. Okay. There we go. 26. You are fairly confident that what this is is a very, very elaborate device. Maybe it is fueled by magic, but in it itself, it does not appear to be magical. Suddenly, that is the object of my fixation. And I start pulling out my little book, and I'm frantically watching like all of her moves and, and seeing like the different you know, button presses or whatever she's doing. Okay. Seeing how interested Icky has suddenly become with that, 
still holding him up in the air over her so he can see. I'll just kind of lean over her shoulder and go, hey, what you doing? She looks up for the first time, kind of realizing that you've leaned over one shoulder. Icky is held like a, a sky crane. Like, think like the claw. Only the claw! <laughs> On the other side of her, and she... Ah, driving, for lack of a better term. Fascinating. Yes. We'll have the engineers discuss it on arrival. And she slowly pulls back the lever. Was anybody paying attention to anything that wasn't her? Because I know everybody seems pretty focused on what she's doing right now. Well, I was until you retconned that. (laughs) Not at all. Okay. As soon as that started happening, it was absolutely my fixation. And Romain did spend some time just kind of staring at what was going on around her, but when, when that conversation started happening, she looked over and was curious about it, but she spent a fair amount of time shocked about what's going on. I mean, I do have a passive perception of 15. Does anything shiny catch my eye? Yeah, 15 is actually the role I would be looking for. So you notice that after just a few seconds, really, of that shift forward, as deep as however it was you went, it was hard for you guys to tell. The light never changed. It was still kind of like a blue filter light like you were going through water. But after just a couple of seconds, well, you notice the intensity of light doesn't change, but it no longer looks like you're going through water. It looks like you're in a very well-made tunnel. That is, lights are flashing by. Like the subway? Basically, yes. Think like a subway, but you're going at more of a maglev speed. So it is almost a constant blur of small lights on the sides of you, but nothing in front or behind. Okay, so we kind of get a sense that we're, like, booking it real pretty fast. If you're watching the outside, yeah, you're seeing these lights just flick past really, really quickly. But there's nothing to give you that feeling of movement. Okay. Aroma probably quickly got distracted by that again, but she's like part watching that, part staring at the woman. Lots of questions, waiting for a good moment to start asking. The platform stops. There's a few moments, and then Icky and Artemis, you guys are watching tentatively at this time. Uh, She pulls a staff out and seems to tap the block of light, and it kind of slowly doesn't slide open, it rolls into two halves in almost a semicircle. By the gods. Oh no, no gods. Engineers. <laughs> Perhaps a bit of both. She, uh, a bit of both. Oh. And she steps out and go ahead and give me perception checks to see how much you see, but uh, the passive here we need so you can kind of get a feel for the place is only 12, and I think everybody passes that. Yeah. Okay. No. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, people! I I got it. Hey, there we go. I kind of said this is something. I like my passive better. <laughs> I like my passive better too. Okay. My passive is fourteen. Same here. Is it something that's not her or the staff? Because otherwise, I'm not looking at it. Nope, it's not anything to do with that, but you you are focused in on that staff, so that's good. I'm keeping to my physical dice. It kind of sometimes likes me. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, Vicros, you notice that there are, at first glance, you think they're gnomes. And then you kind of look at them. They're shaped a little differently. They're small like a gnome is, 
but when you actually get a good look at them, they appear to be cobalt. Okay. My immediate reaction is, oh, fuck gnomes. I take a quick look at AD, and I take a quick look back at them, and, oh, wait. <laughs> it's like somehow her insta-racism just didn't kick in. Like, she knew without needing to see. These were not gnomes. <laughs> Very good. They don't remind her of her poppy. Interesting. And there are, in this one corridor, hallway, well, you're not 100% sure what it is. In this one area you see, there are probably like 25 or 30 of them. They're not big as anything. They're incredibly skinny. They're all shades. Reds, oranges, coppers, golds, whites. The whole spread. I look at her and I'm like, is this a dragon cult? Well, no. But they don't eat a lot. Look, alright? Dragons took me here. (laughs) Kobolds work here. (laughs) Are you sure this isn't a dragon cult? She stops for a moment and she goes, cult's a strong word. We don't worship them. They're friends. (laughs) Right, of course. There are many, many questions we have about this place and what's going on in your involvement and what's been going on. And just a lot of questions. We'll get there. Please, if you don't mind. And she walks out and you notice there's one kobold in particular who, who seems to kind of be running the joint. And she walks over to him and she starts to say something and kind of a snapping, snarling hiss and then looks back at you guys and this is a physicist it's a physicist the physicist the physicist got it if they're speaking draconic I do speak that that is actually his name <laughs> okay <laughs> or you said he they growled something to one another earlier she kind of started clicking at him and what you recognize as draconic and Nikki you as well could you speak it but you could see that as she started all it was was just could you and then stop and uh, go ahead and give me a insight check to see if you can figure out why she changed. That can come from Icky and from Artemis. Yeah, Artemis got a 21. Artemis, you read her body language and kind of her chains as she's trying to be transparent. She doesn't want there to seem like there's a secret from you here, especially with you already asking about the dragon cult. Thought <laughs> 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 you was the reasonable assumption. Icky, you're pretty confident it's something along those lines as well. Mm-hmm. It's a safe assumption, all right? I'm not going to lie, because I wrote this out so long ago, I hadn't even had that cross my mind as a possibility of something you were going to ask, so it legitimately took me by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Look, kobolds, dragons, they have this thing, all right? <laughs> and kobold lore for, for you guys in this world is the same as what you would see. They are created by the dragons as basically a slave race. Slave race bros? The physicist looks at her and then kind of looks at you guys and my queen we are going to speak this way I hope not (laughs) (laughs) do you have any experience with kobolds I have not ever seen one in person go ahead and give me a history check I'll say with your kind of shared ancestry I'll give it to you with advantage oh nice Nice. So you know, much kind of like your folk did, there are pockets of freed kobolds who try to do their own thing as best they can, who despise the dragons for what they did. 
Okay. You've heard stories from them from your clan before you were taken as a child and just from your reading. So you know they're out there. So draw from that what you will. So you know that this is not an uncommon thing. There could be a kobold group out there that does not worship and revere them so much as from who they're associated with possibly just tolerates them to the best of their abilities. I did want to say that Artemis reacting to that body language and the question would be like, I don't mind if you speak your native language. It's fine. I understand it. Go ahead and Artemis and Icky again. Give me a perception check. Oh. Oh. Um, <laughs> go ahead, Icky. Tell me how you want to roll that one out. <laughs> Whatever he's about to do, I'm probably stopped paying attention to as I've started sketching his anatomy in my book. <laughs> I'm just still kind of enamored with the place. Sorry. Do you get anything if it's an auditory bonus, Icky? No. Okay. There's nothing that you guys really notice that stands out about him. You do notice that he seems to fiddle with something on his wrist, and the next time he talks, it's not that kind of squeaky sound. It's a little more baritone. And as you guys get closer to him, you notice that his voice is actually not coming from his mouth. It seems to be coming from a box on his wrist. Oh. Well, since I know that that's going to catch Iggy's eye, I just let him go. (laughs) (laughs) I scurry up to him. How tall is this guy? Of a size with you. Okay. Yeah, so I wrap his arm and, like, hold up his wrist and start looking intently at it. And you see, as you get closer, I won't make you roll for it, he has a thin white line that runs almost the entire way around his neck. Like a natural marking? It does not look like a natural marking. It looks like it is a a knife wound or a garret cord was pulled against his throat and it cut most of the way through. Gotcha. Through the box, you see he kind of furrows his brow, and he opens his mouth like he's going to make the words. His mouth moves, but no sound comes from his mouth. It comes from that box. And from the box, you hear, Stop it! Stop it! Don't touch me! Stop it! Is he doing anything physically to stop me from doing so? (laughs) He is attempting to pull his arm out (laughs) and flailing. In fact, let me go ahead and make that. Is this a contested strength check? That's a six. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want a contestant strength roll. It's a little slap fight. (laughs) It's basically what it is. (laughs) You're able to hold on to it. You must tell me, what is this intriguing device? The queen stops and she gently pulls you two apart. And she matters, matters, matters. You must forgive him. He is rather painfully curious at times, but he means so. He doesn't really know what manners are. I know what they are. I just don't care. <laughs> oh, oh, fair enough. <laughs> looks at you and goes, well, learn how to use them. That is very rude. They're about the same size as Icky, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so you turn around and you see Wall, and I've got another one picked up and just put on my shoulder. The one you pick up is a little red one. He was walking around. You notice he actually has wings. And as you set him down, he kind of takes one and just gently thwacks you on the head with it and then hops off, much like a chicken would hopping off a roost. (laughs) Don't even notice. (laughs) Shoulder was getting cold. (laughs) Sophisticus. Well, you may call me Sophisticus. For my name is Sophisticus. 
Sophisticist, got it. Sophisticist, yes. Writing down right now. He kind of hears you guys stumble through it. He goes, Sophie is fine. <laughs> what about S Man? No. <laughs> fine. <laughs> I am the head engineer of research and discoveries. We have been told to expect you. And you notice he's fiddling with his box, trying to get what he thinks should be the right, what you would guess, trying to get the right tone. So you respect him a little bit more, especially Icky. I'm not listening kind of to what he's saying. I'm just watching him turn the dials and listening to like the, the intonation pitch and change and everything. And... For, for a brief moment, it goes just straight like a dial-up motor. <laughs> and then gets it right back right. Ah, that, here we are. Yes, excellent. So, I am lead designer and engineer for the research and development crew. Welcome to our labs. Who told you to expect us? He looks at you and then looks right at the queen. <laughs> and then looks back at you. Or he doesn't say anything. He just arches an eyebrow, very comic book-like, on that small reptilian face of his, and gestures with his hands. She, she just nods, wanted to confirm. <laughs> <laughs> Do we get a tour? This place is absolutely fascinating. I mean, we could see if one could be arranged, but as of right now, well, there are any points at Vicros, and he points at Magdar. He looks at the queen, he's I was not told to expect these two. Oh, we're kind of new. We've picked up some additional <laughs> friends along the way, as well as losing a few. Out of character. These are the second stringers. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see what we can find for them, but for the rest of you, please, we have well documented your previous fighting styles. He looks at Wall, and he pulls out something, and it looks to be an eyeglass, and he sets it to his eye. Well, one of you at least will not need the upgrades. But the rest, please, with me. Upgrades? Who needs upgrades? I kind of give Magda a little side-eye and give him a little elbow. Like, hey, what's up? This is cool. Uh, the room you guys are in, because no one's asked what the room looks like. As soon as he says this is our research facility, probably at that point that Icky would look around. You guys can all give me a round of perception checks. It's going to be a pretty easy one, depending on how high you roll. We'll go through where you... Holy shit, Wall. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> well, it's because everything's built for two and a half foot tall kobolds. <laughs> and that is why I like rolling my physical dice, because I actually get numbers that go that high. <laughs> Yeah. I get numbers above 10. Is Wall's head hitting the ceiling? <laughs> He's close to it. I think very much Gandalf walking through Bilbo's house <laughs> for comparisons. <laughs> so it, it, is, it is very much a cramped fit for you. You know, the queen, even though she doesn't need to, does duck her head a little bit. Uh, she walks through just kind of out of preservation, but there doesn't any real worry of her cracking her skull on like a crossbeam or something like that. So we'll start with what everyone who rolled below a 15 sees, which I think is just Icky. Yeah. So Icky, everything is built to your height. So you've got what you see before you. There, like I said, there's about 30 kobolds in the room. There are about 10, six and a half foot by four and a half foot wide tables that are built to scale with the kobold. So it'd be something you could work on. There are all types of tools on them. There are alchemist tools on a table. There are a small set of smithing tools on one that looks like they're doing something with silver or metals. 
one appears to be silver. You're not 100% sure what it is from where you're at. But it seems to be that there are dedicated workstations just kind of all throughout the room. Am I being restrained? <laughs> I don't have a hold on you. And we never saw Iki again. I'll let you finish describing the room. Artemis and Arame, you guys notice not only the workstations, the workers there seem to be kind of preoccupied with what you guys are doing. But the overall room itself is not a sterile white like you'd expect in a lab. It is a very inviting kind of warm blue color. The lighting is very indirect. You can't really tell where it's coming from, but it doesn't leave any shadows throughout the room. So it's a very weird perception. There's no obvious area of luminescence, but it's very well cared for. No signs of marks. You notice there's several doors leading in and out of the chamber. They appear to be just kind of standard doors, not the fancy one that open up and let you guys in. Wall and Vicros. You guys notice there is something flowing through the walls. It looks almost like liquid, but it's glowing. Oh, I go over and tap on it. Go ahead and give me a strength check. Yeah. Because I assume this is not a dainty tap tap. This is a solid. Oh, yeah. You give it a knock. 23. Even with as hard as you hit it, your gauntlet doesn't even spark. It sounds like you thunked into a piece of wood. And there's no blemish. Nothing happens to it. No one even kind of looks up at you to see what's happened. Hmm. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I did harder this time. Yeah, actually, that's exactly what it is. You give it a little harder, Doc. <laughs> as soon as Icky kind of sees all these, like, workstations and stuff, he is flitting around, picking up random tools and, and inspecting them, but for just a brief moment before he gets distracted by something else. Oh, fine quality. Oh, oh my goodness. What is this? And just darting between, like, the workstations. <laughs> Freaking mad rage. How good of quality is the alchemist set, and do I see ingredients around? So you don't see ingredients around except for what is being worked with. It's hard for you to tell. They're making smaller doses. They're kobolds, so everything's to their scale. But you do notice that they have some ingredients out in front of them for whatever it is they're working on now. Do I know what they're working on? You are welcome to give me a investigation check to see if you can tell. Oh, yeah. With that, you are pretty confident they seem to have all the ingredients for a potion of invisibility. Fantastic. You're doing well there. Should turn out to be a good one. As you say that, the one who was mixing the ingredients together jumps a little bit, and some of it splashes on his spoon up by the handle, and he drops it and just looks around, and there is nothing to be found, and he's... <sighs> There is no spoon. And he, he opens up a drawer. The drawer is filled with nothing but long-handled spoons. And he just picks it up and starts stirring again. <laughs> and where I'm from, we call that uh, spontaneous testing. He did. Eh. <laughs> just right back to stirring. <laughs> the queen chuckles a little bit. <sighs> so, if you would not mind going with Sophie... <laughs> sure. We'll meet shortly. She turns and she's talking to what appears to be the uh, small metalsmith table. Not forgotten you, but just moved on for now. She is a busy lady, apparently. I mean, she's running whatever this is. I'm assuming trying to do something really big and important. So she, she's got a lot to going on. Wallow lean way down to, to one of these little kobolds, and because there's been one in every town so far, he'll, uh, go, hey, so, uh, 
Y'all got any of them uh, fighting pits around here? Fuck <laughs> yeah. He looks up at you and he looks around at the rest of the room. And you notice this one is a small white kobold, kind of portly. He's got some actual decent horns coming out of the top of his head, pronounced ridges going down his nose. And you notice he also has a set of wings. And he looks at you, but you're so big. Why, yes. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, right? We have. And he makes a kind of clacking noise. Icky and Artemis, you hear in Draconic the Imaginarium. And he, I uh, don't know the word in your language, but we have something kind of like that. I believe you said, I'm paraphrasing in my language, imaginary? Close enough, yes. What takes place there? He stops again, and, and not in common, but in Draconic, he makes a couple of clicking noises. And what you two hear is, in the mind, what could happen if... Hmm. That is vague and intriguing. <laughs> I mean, Wall doesn't know, but doesn't really sound like his forte. Very intriguing. Perhaps we shall have to take part in this. Yes, yes. We shall have to take part in what? Could be fun. We don't get many outside competitors. Oh. Artemis, what did you sign us up for? Well, uh, do not all of us necessary, beyond a voluntary basis. Uh, some sort of competition of the mind. As you say that he'd gone back to his work, he puts one claw in the air, and then she goes right back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Walter holds out the flail, he's like, can I use this? I'd imagine not. Paul, please refrain from squishing our new friends. I'm not squishing him. I'm talking about the, the thingamajigging. He looks back at Artemis, as you said, probably not. And Indraconic goes, if he can imagine. Oh. Ah. We'll see, I suppose. Indraconic to him. He nods. And he seems to fall right back into his work. Just because he's left out, Wall will grumble off something in Primordial. <laughs> I can use fake words, too. <laughs> from across the room, and it sounds weird coming from a little body, fairly squeaky. You hear, what? I respond as well in Primordial. I'm like, yes, you can. As you turn around, you both notice in a little glass jar, a face that is about the size of a fist, a normal size fist, not a wall fist, made entirely of lightning. Head cocked almost all the way to the side, and one eyebrow raised. I immediately go over. I'm like, hey, man, I know some people like you. You see here? And a point at all the jewels in the chest. You notice, Wall, for the first time since they've been inlaid, the jewels, while they are slightly brighter than a standard inset, flare to life, and you can actually see the vague shapes, uh, those of you looking at his chest plate, of the elementals that are inside of it. Oh, my buddies. They want to talk to friends. Thomas Janine. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the people that are working at that workstation immediately stop what they're doing and just start climbing on you. 
Yeah, he's used to that sort of thing. <laughs> Romance just watching this with a very amused expression on her face. I imagine, like, they're so tiny and thing, he doesn't even notice, and he's still just, like, tapping on the jar, like, hey, what's your name? There's a brief moment where you see what appears to be a hand instead of a face. Go ahead and give me a perception check. Anybody who walked over to the table to find out what's going on and why the kobolds are climbing over walking, feel free to give me one. 16. Romance distracted. <laughs> it's a 12, but she's distracted. I'm distracted as well. So, Wall, you notice there is what appears to be a, a cord leading from that jar to something in the wall. And all of a sudden, that ball of lightning in the jar is gone. And you hear a crinkle. And you look up, and something almost your size, just broader, steps out. And it appears to be a suit of armor, and inside of it is that same face. I go, my man, I still don't know your name. And I go up for a high five. He high-fives you. Go ahead and give me a constitution check. Check or save? Save, sorry. Yeah, well. That is good. That's exactly what you needed. You feel a zap through your hand. And in Primordial, uh, sorry, dude. Does it give me just a, a little bit of pep to my step, though? No, you look down and you actually see a small bolt of lightning jump from your pinky to your thumb then back across to your pinky and then shoot back across into him. Oh, man. Trying to catch on to it, but way too fast, of course. You feel the spheres in your chest. Something's going on with them. You're not sure what. Are these kobolds still... Oh, do the kobolds need to make a save? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Let's go ahead and roll that. Unconscious kobolds falling off of wall as they get Electrocuted. Of the cobalt apocalypse. Ooh, that one is not good right there. Only one of them made the save. <laughs> so one of them, who was more on that arm, trying to sit almost on your elbow, uh, so he could get a good look, he actually had his tail wrapped up around your forearm. And you don't really notice it because you're looking at the sparklies on your hand, but the rest of you notice that a small arc of lightning actually goes up him and shoots out of his nose, and he just flumps over. Oh, no. Aerobis just gonna run over. He did. The one who didn't take any damage, the one who was up on your neck, looks at him and he's, meh, that's what he gets for messing with him. Or is Aerobis frantically trying to heal anyone who might be dead? The other two, who are definitely kind of frazzled, the one who rolled a four falls. He doesn't appear to be unconscious. He's just kind of twitching a little bit. He kind of gently nudges the one that's on the ground and he just... (laughs) And the other one snaps something in Draconic, the one who was unfazed. And Icky, if you're paying attention, Artemis, I know you are, but the two of you just hear him say, you're such an ass. (laughs) Yeah, I probably would have been paying attention when the, the lightning suit of armor started walking in. I feel like that would have gotten everyone's attention. You see the the elemental... Call me Spark. It is easier that way. Alright, Spark. I'm Wall. What are their names? And he touches each of them. He's got much better control. The lightning doesn't arc out. But see, every time he touches one of the gemstones, it flares with that very intense light. Well, that one's Thomas. 
and there's Janine and Franklin and Aloysius Miller. <laughs> Why have you... And he puts a hand in the middle of your chest. And it, you notice his, his hand isn't shaped like a human hand. It's a suit of armor that seems to only have four fingers. And they're all the same size. And they rotate to different spots, and he touches all of the gemstones at once. How did they get there? Well, you see, we went to this magic tower, and then there was a bunch of gods there who weren't gods yet. And they had a gym there, and I went in, because everybody else was doing, like, boring research stuff, like what's going on right now. standing <laughs> <laughs> around watching you have this conversation. In Primordial. Artemis takes note of your disdain for the research. <laughs> <laughs> Just a sharp snip from Artemis. And I got to hang out with these four elemental guys. You know, like I said, Thomas, Janine, Franklin, and Aloysius Miller. You've got a fire elemental, an earth elemental. A water. And an air, correct? Air. yeah. Okay. He looks at the three conscious kobolds from the elemental table. And in Draconic, Icky and Artemis, you hear him ask, are the suits ready? What? And Robin's busy double-checking that the one kobold on the dead ground isn't dead. He is not dead. He's not even really that damaged. He is just incredibly stunned from the electricity. <laughs> okay. He got a healthy dose. I mean, he's a little scientist. He just doesn't have a whole lot of a gumption in him. He's still just double-checking, like, breathing all right. Okay, okay, we're good. He's got a slight arrhythmia, but things seem to be settling down. Keep an eye on a second, maybe do, like, a little lay on hands to help get him back on his feet. As soon as the lead kobold, who's still riding on wall, nodded his head, he doesn't even ask. He reaches his hands out, and you see little cables float up, and he immediately puts one to each of the gemstones and then hits them with electricity. And you see the light in your gemstones go out. Oh, no, I smack his hand. What the fuck are you doing? Go ahead and give me a dex check on that. To smack his hand? Are you kidding me? I'm going to try to grab his hand. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, because he, he pulled it up, magnetized him, and then slammed him into your chest and like that. Fifteen. You successfully whack his hands. He kind of looks at you and he goes, Do you not want to see them again? You tell me what you're doing first. And he steps back and lightning crackles all around him for them. I believe he's offering to give your friends a chance to... Do you speak primordial? Oh, yep, never mind. <laughs> he seems kind of stuck. And in Draconic, he asks the kobolds to describe to you what he's trying to do. So Artemis and Aki, you get that. I thought you said the kobold on my shoulder was doing that. No, no, no. The elemental was doing it. He just nodded his head. The elemental is the one who's trying to put the stuff into your chest. All right. So warily, I'll let this happen since he's my new buddy. So, okay. So we'll go back to that. None of that happened then. Yeah, yeah. You notice there's a brief flare of light and you look down and all of your gemstones have gone out. And then you hear that weird, almost tearing sound. And from the wall, your four friends emerge wearing suits of armor very much similar to what the lightning guy is wearing. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. Each one just fire and water and air. Yep. I have their names written down. I didn't assign them to what elemental <laughs> they were. 
So, <laughs> if you could please. <laughs> what purpose do the suits serve? Do you say that in Primordial or you're asking a comment? Probably Draconic, actually. So the lead one, we have found that it helps to... Il, ah, what is the right word? To prolong and stabilize their exposure on the material planes. Ah, interesting. Wall will run up and he'll grab each one and he shakes the fire elemental's hand. He's like, ah, Franklin! And then runs over to the Earth. Thomas! And then gives him a big hug and then Janine's the water elemental and it's like a slap cow, yeah! And then out of wishes, Miller! My Earth buddy! Give him a chest bump. Yep. Arobe's paused in the middle of what she's doing. He's just staring like, it's not the weirdest thing I've seen, but there's just six huge creatures inside of this little tiny room <laughs> speaking in a terrifyingly loud language the room is actually to scale for the tables and stuff for the kobold but it is big enough to accommodate quite a few individuals so it's not cramped by any means in here it's just short yeah just everything in there is built for kobolds so the tables are all very small so you guys look even bigger than you would but you notice that the fire elemental Every now and then just random spurts of fire kind of pop out through the joints. The wind elemental every now and then the wind will kind of gust up. And you see the elemental kobolds that are still conscious just furiously scribbling notes down. You also see Icky doing the same. Oh, I'm, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing the same too. And Robbie's watching while absent-minded tapping the face of the unconscious kobold. Like, come on, make up, make up. <laughs> you guys hear what you would imagine a crystalline bell of gargantuan proportions ring. And you turn and look, and the queen has just got one hand to her eyes, and she's just tapped her staff on the floor. I can't help but feel we've gotten slightly off track. Do you want to be my friends? <laughs> <laughs> you have met us, right? And you're surprised by this? Are we different now? Is this not how we used to be? <laughs> no, no, this is about on par. I'd hoped you'd maybe matured and then, you know... Things, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. What do you expect when you see me with a bunch of children? There's only so much I can do. The physicist, please. Oh, oh great, that's right. <laughs> and Roma finally gets up from trying to get the kobold back to consciousness. She's like, "Yeah, he's fine. He just needs a minute." <laughs> <laughs> and carefully walks over. Wall, you are welcome to go with them, but the physicists let me know that. What you currently carry is more than we had originally designed for you. Would you like to stay? And, and she just kind of gestures at the elementals. <laughs> uh, well, we'll look after Ricky. I'll meet up with you guys later. And he'll tell to the elementals, and then he'll go with y'all. Okay. <laughs> so, you guys follow Sophisticus. As we're leaving the room, Paul Tyrell, he'll call back to all the elemental buddies and say, don't start the arena pits without me! And Spark goes, Does he mean the Imaginarium? I don't know, maybe. <laughs> and at the other primordials just look at him. Just, what? I'm not sure. I think he thinks the Elementals might also start a fighting pit. I'm, it's unclear at this moment. That's probably what he thinks. Whether that's actually going to happen or not is a different question entirely. I'm not sure if I can heal Elementals, unfortunately. <laughs> 
Thank you for joining us and stay tuned next week to find out what happens on Disciples of the Eight. If you don't want to wait, you can get early access to our episodes over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app so people can know where to find us. We couldn't do this without your help. Disciples of the Eight is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is deemed by the amazing Bob Tedwell and produced by me, Brianna Toyber, with music by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. We have Brock as Icky, Ryan as Wall, Matt as Vicros, Spencer as Artemis, Cash as Magdar, Kara as the Anonymous Druid, and myself as Arome. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. Go check out the Role Players Podcast, available today on your favorite podcast platforms and at the website roleplayers.net. The Role Players Podcast depicts the hosts playing a game called Dungeon World, which is a beginner-friendly tabletop game that focuses on improv, storytelling, world-building, and character development over something with a lot of numbers and stats like D&D. The main story follows a twitchy, distrusting, halfling rogue named Zinx, a gullible dwarven fighter with a heart of gold named Dim, and a literal salamander with the powers of pyrokinesis named Jack. The cast is compromised of Adam and Amy, who plays Zinx, Justin, who plays Dim, and David, who plays Jack. The heroes are known as the Sterilizers. They trek across ye olde America, causing problems as they solve others. Their first adventure depicts the heroes trying to stop the Pepsi cartel from destroying the great and powerful nation of ye olde Atlanta. Check out the podcast today. Subscribe. Make sure you share with your social networks as well. The Role Players Podcast. Learn more and stream at the tabletop podcast webpage, roleplayers.net. You can also connect on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Role Players Win. 